a Lifetime original podcast. I was watching you watch it while I folded laundry, and you seemed really, you you were laughing, smiling, nodding your head. I mean, like you were, if I was watching you on like, what's it called? Double Way Mirror? Double Way Mirror is what it's called. <laughs> Two-way mirrors? No, it was go back to the double way is better. I love a Lifetime movie. This is what it looks like when actors from prescription drug commercials escape. I'm worth more to you dead than I am alive. I didn't know you were going to Hawaii. I want to go to Hawaii. Can we go to Hawaii? I grab a za and I look through my fake dead husband's files. A smart person is always Filipino in films. <laughs> Parker's dead. And for all I know, you killed him for the insurance money. The insurance money you stole. What? What? Oh, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. The money's gone. All of it. I had nothing to do with that. Jenna told me that you came to her looking for an insurance payout. Did you kill Parker for his insurance? You need help. You're crazy. You get her professional help or I'm calling the police. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am Megan Gailey, and this week I am not joined by Naomi because she is in the final stretch of wedding prep, so we Ooh. wish her well. Don't worry, I am getting all of my voice notes. I know who to be angry with, and it's none of you. You are all a blessing, and Naomi sends her best while she is chaotically trying to get people to take COVID tests. I am joined today. Well, let me intro the film. Today's film is called Betrayed by My Husband. We thought this title would be a great opportunity for me to be joined by podcaster, writer, comedian, founder of the very successful brand Follow Through, and my husband, who may or may not betray me, CJ Toledano. Hi, Megan. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Absolutely, honey. How are you? I'm good. It's a huge honor. Well, one, I was, I've was i always been wanting to be on this podcast in a larger You've capacity. You've been on it. No, I know, but you I'm saying- You were on it as a guest. Uh, yeah, but now I'm like, I mean, I am so, I admire what you and Naomi have done the last couple of years. And Thank you, know, you. I've, I got put into the trenches this week. I had to watch the movie. I had to take my mm -hmm. notes, which I took very seriously. So like, mm -hmm. I'm not here to mess around. I'm here to do the opposite of the man in this film. I don't, I'm doing the opposite of betraying you. I'm lifting you up and I'm supporting you and I'm okay. you know, here, here to talk about the film. In the words of Rihanna, lift me up. And I won't call it a movie. It's a film. It's called, a, it's a film. It's a film. Now we both have just spent the last 10 or 15 minutes cleaning up our sweet baby son's motion sickness puke. And yes. so we we are hand smell like Clorox wipes and and now we're both on here. Is he well? Yes, he is with his beloved nanny and he is being taken care of and he's probably happy to not be with us because we both may or may not smell like puke at this point. Now, when you were a guest, you watched a basketball movie that was like it was like a a dance squad for a basketball team. It was a pro basketball team. Yeah, it was a pro basketball team that practiced in a community college gym. But you, in addition to being a sportsman, you're also what my mom would call movie guy. I, yeah, actually, I had some notes to bring that up. I'm movie guy. 
I mean, okay. that's what fall. I mean, a quick little plug for fall through it, it. You know, the premise of fall through is, you know, combining sports, basketball, whatever. And, and our, our love of film and what we in, in making films and, and yeah, in pop culture and all that. So, yes, I'm movie guy, too. And I have said on this podcast before that you are movie guy because you, you first of all, you worked at a blockbuster in two different states. You tra- you said, oh, yeah. I'm at a blockbuster here. I need to be transferred to the one in Chicago. And they were like, okay, we don't really usually do transfers for minimum wage jobs, <laughs> but here you go. And while you worked at Blockbuster during the time, you also worked at a movie theater. So you had two jobs, which go-getter, and both of the jobs surrounded movies. Yeah, I used to call, I've told you this, when I was working at Blockbuster, you get the directory of, uh, or actually our phones, because they're all hooked up with all the other Blockbusters, all you have to do is put in the store code, and you it would call the other Blockbuster, and so I used to call the Block, I used to call Blockbusters in LA, and like an employee mm-hmm. would be like, hi, Blockbuster North Hollywood, and I'd be like, hello, um, I actually work in the Erie Erie, Pennsylvania location. Like, I just want to know what's it like in LA? Like, are movie stars coming in? Like, is every every one of your customers like in the business? And I used to just like get my glimpse of of Los Angeles and the business via that. Through Blockbuster employees. And they would talk to you. Oh, we'd have full conversations. Yeah. And like just tell me what it's about. I mean, it was they weren't they weren't happy. No, if you're working at the Blockbuster in North Hollywood. I don't, I, maybe you are, I don't know if you have your finger on the pulse of the entertainment biz. Or of what life, functioning life is like, yeah. And yeah, we're, I'm guessing these were older gentlemen. Mm, I guess maybe older <laughs> to me. I was like 18, you know, these <laughs> these people were like, you know, in their 30s. Were you 18 or were you 17? I was 18. Because there's a world where it's like a child calls me from a different blockbuster and I go, legally, I'm not even talking to a child on the phone like this. Yeah, but. I'm a fellow, I'm a cohort, I'm a, I'm an employee, I'm, I'm in the family. You are what I would describe as a cinephile, which I find to be a, a disgusting hobby. But also, I want to say, I'm not like, there's cinephiles who watch like every Oscar nominee. You know, I'm not that. I like the entertainment of it all. I like when movies go for it. I don't like when they try to teach me things. I don't need it. I know everything I need to know. You pick 10 movies and you watch them 100 times. You have seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood every flight you've taken since it came out. And so that's the version of cinephile you are. It's interesting because Naomi, her spouse, Andy, also a cinephile. And I think Naomi and I were... um, Adrenaline junkies. No, I'm kidding. Which segues into our film. We do have an adrenaline junkie in this. Gabrielle is devastated by the loss of her husband, Parker, after a tragic kayaking accident on their anniversary trip. When suspicious details surface around his death, Gabrielle becomes the number one suspect in his murder. She must now race to prove her own innocence and unravel the plot before it claims her as another victim. Enthralling. Yeah. I I was into it from the jump. From that premise, I'm like, uh, it's better than like Ant-Man who grows big and grows small and then you meet a bunch of other wacky characters. I like this. This is from real life. This is ripped from the headlines. Okay, now before we get too far ahead of ourselves, let's really get into it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, so this is not a Mar Vista. This is not a real one. Do you remember the production company that brought us this? Three brain. We got a three from doing the mellow three-pointer celebration to my brain. That's actually what mellow does. Carmelo yeah. Anthony, when he shoots a three, he hits his dome with three fingers. But this is actually, he's actually shouting out his favorite lifetime production company, Three Brain. Three Brain. And I don't know that I recall them. Naomi and I have watched over a hundred movies, so I'm sure we've seen a three brain, but it was, <laughs> like, oh, okay, we're we're going into uncharted waters, and boy, are we on uncharted waters because we open in very dramatic music. And we see people kayaking in white water, like treacherous yeah. water. But the folks who are kayaking are pros. They are going down waterfalls. They're <laughs> flipping over. They're like fully doing three, like it, they're like sitting and then they're fully flipping. They're under the water and then they're flipping back over. And they're, I mean, it's, it's Olympic level. Now, our sister-in-law, Jess, her sister is a semi-professional kayaker. Did you know that? I knew as someone with water and strong legs. Yeah, she's so strong. And arms. Everyone's arms are toned on her side of the family. <laughs> Their family is jacked <laughs> and it is from kayaking. But jacked in a healthy way. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know this right. is off subject, but like, just uh, clear skin, just like toned and not overly jacked and just healthy. Okay. Now you are, you are already tiptoeing towards being a betraying husband because you are Sorry. talking about the skin and body of my sister-in-law. No, I love Jess. And don't don't feel like I, you said oh, we're getting off topic. We live to get off topic. Okay, okay. here, I love okay. a Lifetime movie. So we are seeing all of this really like sporty, aggressive footage. I, I imagine GoPros were involved. Well, the joke I said was I shot the stock footage. CJ is a director too. You direct like sports commercials, sports content. Yeah, and I know about budgets and like, you know, and Lifetime movies come out more often than most studios put out movies. And so you <laughs> have true. to- you know, what are your, your, uh, I can actually talk about the efficiency and the budget, like shortcuts. I was, I was We're asking good. myself, We're good. is this, well, but is this stock footage up top? I, I could have right. paused and I could have zoomed in. Was this our, our characters? Who knows? I'm not going to dive that deep, but it looked like stock footage. And I was like, this is how we can make some money. Let's shoot stuff like this. Yeah. It looked like it could have been ripped from the Olympics, too. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it could have been something that they show, like, bef a safety video before you go on a kayaking trip. Yeah, it could have yeah. been from a... I mean, we don't know. It could... Adrian could have been in this. That's my sister-in-law's sister. Like, this could have been Adrian. She does have brown hair. Okay. So then, then we cut to a gorgeous house. I think this is quintessential lifetime. Really, really pretty house. And there's two white couples. And when I see these four white four white people two white couples go, CJ's already out mm -hmm. so we have Brooke and Carson that is one couple we come to find out her name is Brooklyn oh boy so Brooklyn and Carson and Gabrielle and Parker and they are laughing at something someone just said they are mm -hmm. having a dinner party in celebration of Gabrielle and Parker's 20th anniversary mm -hmm. they look young like Parker doesn't look 
over 40 to me. No. And no. Gabby maybe 42. Like they're very youthful to find were you shocked to find out they'd been married 20 years? I didn't I was still in shock about the, all the other things that I, I didn't know that's how long. <laughs> okay. I was Okay. So now I'm like how did I not write this down or hear that? When you saw these two couples what were you thinking? I mean, I expected it just you know in my lifetime movies have been around my whole life and like mm-hmm. the I was like I'm like this is the first time I ever paid like you know, real attention to it. And I was, that was like the least surprising thing. I'm like, yes, this is what these people look like. I I was like, this is what it looks like when actors from prescription drug commercials escape and like want to make a full length film. And here they are. So we're really getting to see someone's dream come true when you're watching a lifetime film. So Gabby, as we'll come to know her, Gabby and Parker are going on their 20th anniversary romantic trip, they say. And we find out that romantic trip is kayaking. Now, (laughs) CJ, how do you think I would respond to you planning a romantic trip for us and then me finding out that it was some sort of really intense activity? One, I would never. But say I got hit in the head and I decided mm-hmm. to do that, we would not we would not be going. You would be like, great, what hotel is nearby? You know, mm-hmm. maybe we'll, we'll get some, we'll throw some rocks in the water and then we're, you know, going to the hotel, fancy, expensive restaurant, uh, maybe a museum nearby. No, we're not basing a whole vacation around kayaking. Around kayaking? That's insane no. to me. And also their outfits, guy, they were was wearing like just straight up khakis. They did not, he was yeah. wearing, they did not look like they were kayaking. Oh, well, you're jumping way ahead to oh, them. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. oh, you know, listen, we're, I'm not done breaking down these couples yet, okay? I'm sorry. So okay. Parker, Gabby's husband, he seems distracted. He's like on his phone. And then he compliments Brooks cooking. And I immediately, we are at maybe a minute and a half into the film. I go, Brooke and Parker are having a secret affair. Wow. I, I was going to compliment this later. The beats of this film, I love. I think they can mm-hmm. be dropped into big budget blockbuster films. Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. It could be like, you know, Gone Girl was a glorified lifetime movie. You know, the, the exactly. beat, I love the twists and turns. I thought that Absolutely. that is, uh, yes. Like, I'll tune into this every week if they, if they can guarantee the, the, the twists and turns that this movie did. So my hunch, Brooke, Brooklyn, and Parker are having... A secret affair. So mm-hmm. Gabby apparently was a kayaking champion, but she almost died in an accident and she still has the life the jacket that saved her in her garage. Mm-hmm. And Carson and Parker are business partners and Carson loves to drink. And lo- like that's his entire personality. There's a real housewife right now, Marisol, on Miami, and her entire personality is that she likes to drink. And to the point where viewers are going, she is an alcoholic. And all her co-stars are like, let her have fun. And that is Carson's vibe, too. Like, it, yeah. he, like he's just constantly talking about chateaus and years and uh, it's all drinking. Gabby and Parker have a daughter. I clocked her name as Lexi. I believe they yes. call her Alex, Alexa, Alexa. Lex. Lex. So she's got a bunch of different names. Well, those are all nicknames of, yeah. Yes. So she is the the Google name, though, Alexa. And so that's what's going on sort of in, in the setting up of everyone's dynamic. So now we are on the romantic anniversary trip. We are at the water. There is very serene. I would think of it as like massage music playing. And there's a little tiny cabin right on the edge of the water. And it has a sign that says happy anniversary. Now, I thought that was nice. They reminisce about the first time they went kayaking together. And 
Parker's on his phone the whole time. They do like some very low level calm kayaking that I could do. And then they sit around a fire. He's still on his phone. Gabby is like, <laughs> why are you on your phone so much? And she's like, are we okay? And he's like, yeah, we're okay. I just have to be on my phone 24 seven while we're on our romantic anniversary trip. This was the most realistic. I like looked around and I was like, is this a TikTok prank where my <laughs> wife makes me watch a movie and it's actually about what I do a lot? And then, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I have a problem. I'm on my phone a lot. Vacations, you know, I'm my job is around breaking news of sports sometimes. <laughs> so why do you try to make it sound so necessary? Breaking news of sports? Yeah. I needed to know when Kawhi, where Kawhi was going to go. Okay, but you'll be like, did you see that the Pacers practiced at Buddy Heald House in Dallas? These are not breaking yeah. stories. But anyways, I that was like, this, this part is resonating more. Again, yes. I, you were like... Watch the movie. Take a few notes. I, I I poured myself a cup of coffee. I was watching this movie very intently. No, you loved it. I was watching you watch it while I folded laundry. And you seemed really, you, you were laughing, smiling, nodding your head. I mean, like you were, if I was watching you on like, what's it called? Double way mirror. Double way mirror is what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> two way mirrors. No, I was go back to the double way. <laughs> if I was, even if it is two way, if this was like research and I was watching on a two way mirror, I'd be like, guys, he's loving it. Okay. So the next day they're finally ready for some, and like Parker's been like, when are we going to go down like the big ride? And so they finally get some rapids and Gabby and Parker, they're like, are at the beginning of the rapids and then Gabby's just like goes and she does not check for Parker really and she's just like really feeling herself you know like mm -hmm. she still has the moves she's like she's like going through the rapids really killing it and then she gets to the end of it and turns to be like wasn't that awesome and Parker is nowhere to be found <laughs> and she starts frantically yelling his name and then she sees his empty kayak coming down the rapids we went down the Colorado river in a like a boat like not a it was or it was a raft we went down the Colorado a raft. On a raft okay and there were rapids and my and the <laughs> instructor the you know guide said we could get out and go down the rapids on our butt yeah. and so it was you myself my mom and my dad and only my mom and I got out of the boat to go down we went down the rapids just in our life jackets it was awesome yeah and again this is why I thought I, I didn't exactly know what was going to happen in this movie because you you would have left to be the adventurous one and I would have died getting sucked by the rapids under a rock. Like, no, that's I a, that's never... we, these things have happened in our lives. Like, again, I was like, is this a prank? Am I, is the guy going to get out? They're going to find the guy and he's wearing like a Russell Westbrook jersey. <laughs> All that's to say I'm not against outdoor activities, but I don't want. Oh, I guess we had we went to a national park and but it wasn't like our romantic getaway. We were with my parents no, no, and like hoping not. they'd be on their best behavior. It was our first trip of the quarantine and it was like, that's how desperate oh, we were yeah. to get out of the house. We're like, we'll drive yeah. 17 hours to see my parents. But I love, yeah, I love them and they know how much I love them. Uh-huh. Okay. So they do listen to the, they listen to this podcast. They love it. So we cut to rescue team everywhere. The authorities are searching the water. They're not finding Parker. Gabby gets questioned by a detective. He's just trying to get all the details. And she's like, where is he? Like, she's so frustrated that they have not found him yet. And then they see his life jacket is pulled from the water and Gabby <laughs> just starts sobbing. Okay, so, oh my God. This is the first of 17 crying scenes. So then Brooke, 
Brooklyn brings daughter Lexi back to Gabby's house that she's been staying with Brooke and Carson. And it's clear that Lexi has not been told what's happened yet. So Gabby breaks the news to her. They hug and cry. Now, Brooke is in <laughs> low-rise jeans and a crop top to bring her niece to, because Carson and Parker are also brothers, which we learn later. And I'm like, Brooke, this is not an appropriate grieving outfit. Like, I'm not saying you need to be in black. Yeah. I'm not saying you're going to go sit Shiva. But low-rise jeans are actually not an appropriate outfit for anything at this stage in life. And then to pair it with a crop top, I'm growing increasingly more and more suspicious of Brooke every time I see her. <laughs> okay. So then we have about 30 minutes of Gabby crying on the bed. She, like, and it's a, it's a monta- it's a crying montage. Her moving different positions, different parts of the house. It's raining, it's sunny, it's nighttime, it's daytime. The detective calls, there's no news. And then there's more crying. And they, I, I think they did this just to be like, Gabby loved Parker. And it's like, okay, we get it. So much crying. So then the detective, now at this point, we have heard the detective's name. I'm really having a tough time <laughs> nailing down what the name is. I wrote down the line. I What is his name? Okay, this is the line that, he, this is what I heard. And I okay. went back and listened to him. He said, I'm Detective Blackton, call me Asher. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I thought maybe his name was Blackstone, Blacking, Blackton is what you're saying it is? Yes. And I don't know if this is appropriate. Edit it out if, it, if it's not. He seemed drunk. He was like slurring his <laughs> words in the beginning. He was like, I'm Detective Blackton. I'll call me Asher. That's classic detective. Because I had the IMDb pulled up. And I believe this film was originally called Swept Away, maybe. It was not originally called Betrayed by My Husband. But I found him. And there was a character whose name was just Asher. And I go, well, there's no one named Asher. <laughs> I was looking for Blackton or Blackstone. So Detective Asher <laughs> comes by to tell Gabby that they're calling off the search. It's been two weeks. And Gabby thinks he's still alive, which I was not getting from all the tears. And the detective's like, no, he's under a rock for sure. And then he hands her his phone, or maybe it's a camera, and then she cries again some more. So now it's the day of the funeral. The like visitation afterwards is being held at Brooke and Carson's house. Carson is drinking. And the detective is there to pay his respects. And then Carson comes up to interrupt the detective and Gabby talking with this truly insane exchange at someone's funeral. I know what you did. I'm sorry? Parker didn't even want to go on that trip. That's not true. You forced him into that dinky little boat. No, I didn't. Yes, you did! Carson! If it wasn't for you, he'd still be alive. Excuse me. Okay. He's hot. He's hot? No, he is not. I found him to be Silver Fox-like. He looked like that was, like, dyed. Like, they wanted him to be Silver Fox, so they dyed it. It just didn't look real. He didn't look like a real person to me. Yeah, he looks like, he's, like, Sears catalog attractive. He was trying to be a Chris Hansen. Now, he, you know, Chris Hansen is Matthew Perry's stepfather. There should be a whole Lifetime movie about that. So Carson is fully insane. He's wasted. And the detective is like clocking all of this. I also think Gabby and the detective seem to have sexual chemistry. So we're going to keep an eye on that. This is when we find out Carson and Parker were actually brothers. Truly news to me. And then Carson <laughs> literally falls over drunk. And it's so funny. The thing is, like, you know, I'm Irish Catholic. So if you have a funeral and people aren't falling over drunk, then I go, people didn't like that person. And so that, like, I'm like, Carson is an asshole. Like, Carson is so mean and continues to be mean for the entirety of the film. But 
his drinking at his brother's funeral, I go, eh, not, not the biggest deal. Okay. So then Gabby cries some more. Lexi comes in and is consoling her mom. And I'm like, Gabby, you got to get it together. You got a teen daughter. These are like very important years. You got to get up. Next scene, it's morning time. Gabby is cooking and she's going back to work. But we find out it's been two months since the funeral, but she did listen to my advice. So I'm very happy. <laughs> so Lexi is walking home from school. Brooke pulls up in a red Thunderbird. Is that what it is? Which is so Brooklyn to have. Again, she is in low-rise jeans. I don't know what would lead a woman of this age to be in those jeans driving that car. How old do you think she is, though? Or how old did she say? 32. Okay, but she was like, she's the young and hot one. Yeah, she's supposed to be like a young gold digger. So she tells Lexi to give her mom a message. And I don't trust Brooke still. Like, like I from moment one, I have not. Lexi, sweet angel girl, makes her mom dinner and then asks who some lady named Jenna is. And Gabby gets very, like, defensive. And we find out Jenna is the insurance broker. So I don't think it's weird that she is trying to get a hold of Gabby in any way. It's like, your husband died. You have to talk to this insurance lady. So then Jenna comes to Gabby's work. Jenna's a redhead. I love her. It turns out there was an additional life insurance policy that Gabby didn't know about. Parker took it out three months before his death, and Gabby is the sole beneficiary, and it is worth $5 million. Now, CJ, I love you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Mine's only worth $3 million. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Well, you know. <laughs> and I'm confident you can make that for yourself, so don't go, don't go murdering me. I want you alive. This does remind me of when I was a child, I used to watch sports with my dad a lot. And a lot of times the commercials are not necessarily child appropriate. And I remember there was a commercial for life insurance and I must've been maybe four, five. And I asked my dad if he had life insurance. Cause like the commercial was like, you know, so dire about it. And so I said, do you have life insurance? And he told five-year-old me, he goes, I'm worth more to you dead than I am alive. And it has really <laughs> stuck with me. That's a good line. That's a classic Grumps line. So Carson is pissed. Carson and Parker have a business together. They're brothers. He definitely thought he was going to die and get some cash. And now he's got nothing. So Gabby has to go on a business trip to San Francisco. We see her walking the Fisherman's Wharf. I have been there. Very exciting. And she sees, lo and behold, her dead husband, Parker. This whole movie is a reminder uh, of what happens when you have a white husband. They all just put on a blank hat and you can't tell them apart. So, again, mm -hmm. I was into the film. I was like, she could be seeing things. She's hallucinating. She's obviously... You know, yeah. she's uh, mourning and she's seeing every white guy as Parker. Wow. Okay. So you're you're coming from the standpoint of what these detectives are going to be saying to her. Yeah. Parker, it, because she runs up, she turns a guy around and then it's not <laughs> him. And I'm like, well, and so then she's like, wait, it must have been the other guy. Where do you even get a blank hat? It's very like uh, from Hudson Brothers. News. Also, it's like. I don't understand if Parker is dead, why would he go to like a tourist destination yeah, and be yeah. walking around? Like, that's pretty, like, you just said you've been to Fisherman's Wharf. I've been to Fisherman's Wharf. Like, this is a happening spot. And so Gabby lives in Portland. 
San Francisco is like a 30-minute Southwest flight away. Like, Parker, if you are still alive, you're an idiot because you can't go that close and be at tourist destinations. So Gabby gets back home. They have each said, like, Gabby keeps saying client. When Parker was alive, he kept saying client. They they were just like, well, my client. No, well, and but my clients are happy. It's a client on the phone. They said clients, I'm going to say over 50 times. If you were doing a drinking game to the word client, you would be drunk by now. And we still have zero idea what either of them do. But we know they have clients. Marketing. He works in marketing? Nope. Incorrect. Oh, do we find out? Did I miss that? We do find out later. Okay, so then Gabby goes to the garage. We see the life jacket that saved her life. And she inspects it. And when she's looking at it, you get the vibe that she's like, "Mm, this reminds me something was not right at the scene of the accident of Parker's. So she goes to see, I wrote in the notes, Detective Blackson. (laughs) Just really. I said Blackson earlier. It was Blackson. Gotcha. I'm just really, like, I just, uh, throughout the whole film, I'm like, I got to touch down on what the name is. It doesn't matter. Call him Asher. I don't want to, though. Like, they gave him Blackson or Blackton or, as a name, and I want to be respectful. Because yeah, that's going to be her new last name. Spoiler alert. Exactly. She goes to see her future husband, Detective Blackson, and she wants to see Parker's life jacket. And then they have this CSI-worthy exchange. But I was wondering about Parker's life jacket. What about it? I'd like to look at it. Really? The damage on his jacket was severe. Yes. Exactly. I've been in accidents before, been dragged underwater, and I've only ever once ripped a life jacket, and the water was low. When the water's high, you're less likely to hit the rocks. What are you getting at? Can I see it? I'm not sure where this is going. Did you have an expert look at it? Not to my knowledge, but it's pretty obvious what happened here. A novice kayaker went into waters he wasn't used to. No, that he was better than you think. I understand that you've been through a difficult time. No, you don't. I'm very sorry for your loss. We're confident there wasn't anything suspicious about your husband's death. Maybe you'd like to speak to one of our grief counselors. Okay, I, I I honestly wanted this clip included because I started writing it and even I was getting confused. So basically what she's saying is like, if he died the way you say he did, his life jacket wouldn't look the way it did. So uh, Detective Blackton totally, <laughs> <laughs> totally brushes her off and is like, you can see a grief counselor if you want. And then he also introduces his partner, Donna, who I want to point out was in the film Violent Night that we did see on our anniversary. So we didn't go kayaking. We went to see Violent Night, and she played one of the assassins whose name was Sugar Plum. And you do believe that she's a Filipina lady. Yes, I I just know a Filipino face, a strong Filipino face when I see one. (laughs) Because they've only been strong around me. So as Gabby leaves the police department... There is a shady guy watching her go. Now, I was sitting with you when you saw this part. And you go, oh, my God, it's Parker. And I was like, no, that's actually not. (laughs) That's a different white guy. (laughs) I told you. It's confusing, though, because they do have very similar features. And I wrote down in the notes, this guy looks too much like Parker. Like, casting, we just needed kind of like a variation on hair color. Because there's also, like, stubble. There's, like, the same facial hair. They are both wear cheap bomber jackets and plain hats. Like, They all look like guys who think I'm their Uber driver. You know what I mean? Like, this is a type. 
who are, they are villains in my real life. My friend's husbands. They all look like my friend's husbands. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, so Gabby tells her work friend, Nikki, who we have met before this, but it, it, and, and Nikki is, Nikki is supportive maybe to a fault. So she tells Nikki that she saw Parker in San Francisco. And Nikki is so adamant that that is not possible. And then Gabby's like, well, maybe he, staged his death. And Nikki was like, why would he ever do that? Your life was perfect. And I think that's a really weird reaction to say to someone. And I also think like, there's no one in our lives that I would say to them, your life is perfect. Like, especially <laughs> if you're friends with someone, you know, the struggles they have. Like she's even like, would, would Parker have any of reason to do that? And it's like, yeah, like if someone was like, would CJ stage his death and run away from you guys? I'd be like, yeah, I could probably think of some reasons. <laughs> like, it's not out of the question. Yeah. No, I, it, it is, Um, I, I wrote down, it's like, were there no signs of this over the many Christmases and like vacations that they would ever do something? They just do it out of the blue. It was kind of like made me a little suspicious. Yeah, but just just this idea that this couple that's been married 20 years has never had a problem. It's like, oh, well then that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you're going, "Oh my god, there's no way." Then it's like then that's the red flag. If you've never if you never fight, seek help. So Gabby goes to Parker's old company and Carson is just yelling at a man, like berating a man down the hallway of this like financial firm. That's it. Just walk away. Just keep walking. You're watching 10 good years get smaller in your rearview mirror. Get out of here. Don't trip. It's a business. They're not in a factory. And Carson is in a suit yelling at another man in a suit. And then Carson it admits to Gabby that the company is struggling. He insults her job, which we do find out at this moment is marketing. She is trying to talk to him about things. He acts totally bored. He's like yawning, looking at his watch. And then he tells her to basically get out. And he Gabby asks if she can take Parker's personal belongings from his office. Carson says she can't. And then he tells her to never come back to the company. And at this point, I'm like, he is so comically bad. No, I've seen these. I've seen these types of gentlemen. I work with them. You have? Yeah. And the many offices that make tons of money, I've seen these types of gentlemen. Great film. It's accurate. Gabby is able to get Parker's work files and she starts going through them. She's looking at phone records and then she just randomly starts calling numbers that are on I'm going to make a night of it. I'm going to make a night of finding out whether what's going on with my my actually alive husband. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. She is eating pizza. She's having wine. I like to imagine she took a little edible and then she just starts (laughs) dialing numbers and and like she calls them and goes, hi, I'd like to talk to someone about them calling my husband. And it's like... (laughs) A lot of times, and we usually our lifetime queens have a plan. And and Gabby is one of those gals where it's like she has a hunch. She knows in her gut something is wrong, but she is planless. Like she is just, she's basically calling the North Hollywood blockbuster. Yeah. And being like, oh, oh, okay, this is blockbuster. Okay, wow, you guys are still in business. Good for you. What the, don't, we don't need to. No, def- I miss We don't need to defame an institution. I miss it. I want it back. And I yeah. saw the pop-up just closed too. What? Well, I think it was time. I think I don't I don't think it closed. I know, but we never got my tickets. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had tickets. We never went. We see Lexi walking home from school. She walks home from school through like a wooded area. Not good. And I 
I don't agree with that parenting choice. But that's some suburb stuff. Like, you know that. That that happens out there. But, like, you usually walk with a friend. You can't mm-hmm. just have a loose 14-year-old girl walking through woods. That's what I did growing up. I don't know about you. You were a boy. No one was trying to take you. You don't know that. All right. I, you were an altar boy, and you made it out alive. That was too annoying. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so. As she's walking, the shady guy that we saw at the police office not department, Parker. The, shady, <laughs> the shady guy we saw at the police department, who is not Parker, starts following her. And he is so close, like so obviously close. And so she starts running. And luckily, he does not pursue her anymore. He instills the fear. Yeah. Do you think Lexi was like, is that my dad? <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's like... No. Why, why did he... He was trying to intimidate her? We haven't gotten there yet. Why do you keep trying to jump ahead? I don't we know. We gotta take it beat by beat. I'm sorry. We, we I'm go sorry. beat by beat. Have you never listened to the pod? Just the clip outs. <laughs> okay. So Lexi and Gabby are with Parker's mom, Karen, Grandma Karen, and they're looking through <laughs> old photo books. And she, even the mom loves Parker and hates Carson. Like, she's like, Carson was a bully. And it's like, well, Karen, unfortunately... I think mamas make the bullies. So Gabby gets Lexi to leave. And then she starts prying with grandma and asks if Parker was happy, if he ever mentioned every anything. And Karen's like, no, you guys had the perfect life. She also says it. And then she says, and he was so excited for your anniversary trip. And I'm like, that's weird. Do you ever tell your mom when you're excited for a trip we're going to go on? Or Absolutely not. Maybe if you think you're going to get laid? No, you've seen it. I call my mom like midway through and I go, oh yeah, we're in Hawaii. She goes, I didn't know you were going to Hawaii. I want to go to Hawaii. Can we go to Hawaii? Gabby is at the office and it is way past office hours. It is dark, dark outside. And you know, Naomi and I say nine to five to stay alive. You do not need to be working this late at marketing. My comment on this trope is that, you know, they always show people on television and movies working late hours. You can turn on the lights. You you don't have to have the smallest light ever only lighting up your page that you're working on. Nope. You The lights go out. You know, businesses are trying to no. save overhead. The lights are out. No, at Bleacher Report, I would turn all the lights on. I would turn on every every uh, speaker and I'd, we'd play basketball. Okay, cool. So she hears, hears a weird noise. She goes to sort of inspect what's going on. And then she goes into the stairwell to leave. And the shady guy from the woods and outside the police department is there. He says that Parker owes him a lot of money and that he needs $200,000 by tomorrow. Then he brings up Lexi, threatens her. He gives Gabby his account mm-hmm. number, says she has one <laughs> week because Gab- Gabby's like, I can't get you 200 k by tomorrow. And he's like, you have one week. If you go to the police or don't give me the money, I will kill you and I will kill your daughter. And then he throws her down the stairs. Okay, this is when I was like, this is insane. Throw, like, don't you need her alive to get the money? Why would you throw her <laughs> off of the stairs? Well, and and I, I know as a non-listener, Naomi and I discuss often, Lifetime has very willy-nilly rules about how far you have to fall downstairs to be injured. He, like, he throws her a far way down, like, industrial stairs that it's like, oh, she could be in a coma. Like, it was, but the next time we see her, she's sitting at her desk and the a paramedic is, like, looking at her wrist, but she's totally fine, no concussion, nothing. And the detective... I would have a dent in my head. Detective Blackton is there. And 
he's like, can you tell me what happened? And she's like, oh, no, I don't know. I don't know. It must have been a mugging. And he's like, yeah, but you still have your purse and no money was taken. And she's like, hmm, yeah, I guess that's weird. So she is hiding what really happened because she's afraid if she goes to the police, she'll get herself and Lexi killed. And Blackton, Blackson, Blackstone, Black... He does not believe her. Whoa, improv at its finest. He tells Sugar Plum <laughs> Donna something fishy's going on. So then we see Brooke is over and she's there to sort of like try and help take care of Gabby. Now they're having afternoon tea and Brooke is in a cocktail dress and it just is adding to that. I don't, I don't like her. And young I don't, and hot. I don't like she's her and I don't and trust hot. her. She's never dressed appropriately, which is a red flag. And Brooke is giving lots of shady faces as like Lexi and Gabby are talking. Then they talk about Carson and Brooke is like, no, 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 don't go to Carson with any of this because he, he, his temper is going to be really bad, which to me is just Brooke trying to shield herself from Gabby and Carson finding any information out that doesn't line up. And even at this point, Gabby doesn't trust her because she doesn't tell Brooke what really just happened. So now we're getting to almost smoking gun territory. Gabby is looking at Parker's calendar. And on every Friday for months, there's a giant T, which she is able to figure <laughs> out stands for Travis. Travis. <laughs> and then it says $20,000. So I think she's thinking that's in reference to an amount of money. But as she keeps looking, she realizes that Parker has nothing on his calendar after their anniversary weekend. Parker, you're an idiot. Like, you're you're just done putting uh, yeah. events on. You're not going to pretend like that Monday meeting you're going to make it to. Like, it's just blank. Throw a Sixers game on there or something, what? you know? Like, he, well, he'd be a Trailblazers fan. They live in Portland. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? Dame time in a square. Yeah. <laughs> so Gabby goes to ask Carson who Travis is. And Carson, you think maybe is playing dumb, but then is actually not playing dumb is is just playing I'm a really mean man and they have this exchange. I should go pick up Lexa. That's a good idea. Do you have a problem with me, Carson? You've been unkind to me since Parker's death. What you said at the funeral. Yeah, let's just all try and get along. No, I want to know what his problem is with me. You're my problem. Now, if you'll excuse me, there's a bottle of 2007 Margot with my name on it. I'll be in the cellar. I'll be choking. <clears throat> Please don't set him off. Is he hurting you? He's just had a lot to drink, and I really don't want to get into it. So, you know, just don't confront him. I can handle it. I just, I think it would be best if you left. I want someone to hit Carson. Like, Carson is one of those guys where it's like, we absolutely should not be bullying. Bullying is very bad. But, like, even Carson's own mom knows he sucks, and she said he was the bully. So it's like, I wish someone would step to him and be like, you suck. Please stop yelling at everyone. Yeah. My friend's dad growing up, uh, he used to say to us, never hit a man with glasses. Unless they deserve it. And this is a guy, this is one of the guys who deserve it. A lot of good dad sayings on this episode. Okay, so Gabby finally signs the insurance documents. The $5 million is hers. And then she immediately goes to wire the money to Travis, but she realizes the money is already gone. Luckily, Jenna 
insurance Jenna hasn't left yet. And she's like, you got to call the police. And Gabby's like, no, 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 I can't call the police. Not only can I not call the police, I need you to get me $200,000. And Jenna goes, okay. And I'm like, wait, what? Why didn't you just go to Jenna in the first? Like, And like at this point, I'm like, oh, okay. I guess they're richer than I thought they were. But it does seem like maybe they had 200K lying around. And I can't believe Jenna's like, this is all above board. Now, CJ, at this point, we're going to take a break just so we can gather our thoughts, regroup, and then come back to get to the climax of this film. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, we are back. All of the money. <laughs> I didn't take a break. Okay, take a break. Take a breath. You're always telling Conrad to take a deep breath. Yeah, I've been teaching him how to take a deep breath. I need, someone needs to teach me how to take a deep breath. Wait, I tell you, let's take a deep breath. Let every, let all of today's worries, concerns, wait, just leave your body. It's time to rest. But now it's time to get into the nitty gritty. We're at the climax of the film. Okay. No, no time for deep breaths. All right, let's go. So all of the money was transferred to an unknown account in the Cayman Islands. CJ, have you been to the Cayman Islands? No, I, I, I don't go. We didn't go on vacations like that growing up. Okay, so I have definitely been to the Cayman Islands. They have a place there called Stingray City where you take a boat out to like a sandbar and then you get off the boat and there are stingray everywhere. And the stingray, you know, are supposed to, it's like, it's supposed to be like feeding ducks or whatever. I was terrified of it. I was so scared. I had to be carried back to the boat because I refused to stand in the water with the stingray. And then the Cayman Islands is very beautiful, very famous beaches. I believe it's called like Seven Mile Beach or something. supposed to have some of the most beautiful beaches in the world. Also very close to the equator, though. So I got such bad sun poisoning. I, I was there as... <laughs> that's not funny. You you survived. You survived. <laughs> I was there as a teen with my parents, and I got such bad sun poisoning that I had to stay inside for three days straight, and the only movie that they were showing on the TV was Joe Dirt. And I was like, this is the best vacation of my life. Yeah. See, it turned out you won. Yeah. I was in like a timeshare pullout couch, drinking Sprite, watching Joe Dirt for three days. And I go, okay, gorgeous. I've been begging you for us to just have vacations like that. So the Caymans is famous, though, because that's where that's when someone says like offshore money, that's where it is. It's in the Cayman Islands. Everyone hides their money there. Also, the very famous scene from The Firm when Tom Cruise, like, sees a woman being assaulted and then saves her and then has sex with her. Not 
not a great series of events that was in the Cayman Islands. So just that's a little aside about the Caymans. So Gabby tells work friend Nikki that Parker must be behind all of this, that he staged his own death and then he took the insurance money. And Nikki is like, not the Parker I knew. And it's like, Nikki, I, were you having sex with Parker? Like, you are so adamant that he was this great guy and his own wife is coming being like, he staged his death and stole this money. She also tells her that as she's been going through the phone records, there's missing calls. So she's like, when we were on our anniversary trip, I saw him on the phone, but they're not on the phone records. And that must mean he had two phones. And when someone has multiple phones, bad sign. Once my friend was dating a drug dealer who was also my friend, and he had four phones and just wads of cash. And it was like, Listen, thank you for buying us table service, but I don't think what you're doing is legal. Every athlete we have worked with, and I'm sure that you've worked with, they have multiple phones and they're just like juggling them. And like they have different cases because they they need to know this is for this, this activity and this activity. Can't keep, can't mix them. Okay, so Gabby goes to Carson's to confront him because she thinks that he helped Parker stage his own death. Mm-hmm. And then Carson is like, what are you talking about? And he accuses Gabby of being the one who killed Parker. So Carson storms off. And then Brooke asks where she saw Parker, which is a weird question. And she's like, oh, okay, don't worry about it, girl. I'm going to help you in the morning. And then they hug and we see Brooke's face and she's clearly shady and hiding something at what point did you did, were you on to brooke after she hit gabby and okay you're not there. <laughs> so you so even when you saw this hug and brooke's face now i just want to point this out because this is the difference between so, someone who is watching a lifetime movie with fresh eyes and this is the difference between naomi and i who are watching it as scholars and i knew that brooke was shady at 90 seconds in And you still don't know. I was letting myself be captured by the waves of this film. (laughs) Like Parker, who is dragged underneath the waves. So we cut to a shed. And who is in there? Parker! He's alive. Watching baseball. (laughs) He's listening to baseball on the radio. Wait, but how long is he supposed to be hiding in there? I don't know. Or is this where he lives now? Watching baseball next to a freaking old paint cans. He's watching baseball. He's listening to baseball. He does have a cell phone because he gets a call and he says that it was the call he was waiting for. Next day, Brooke goes to Gabby's and she has a black eye from Carson. And Gabby's like, we got to call the police. Now she wants to call the police. And Brooke is like, no, 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 you can't call the police. So it's just we're having two white women have a don't call the police off, which you know is shady. Okay, you know they're always trying to call the police. Yeah, because white women, yeah, they'd be like, there's a button that says police on it, on white women's phones. So Brooke tells Gabby that Carson is going to be out of the house that night playing poker so she can go over and get her, her like toothbrush. I'm sure Brooke has some like stupid face wash she specifically needs. I'm, I'm guessing she has a silk pillowcase. So Gabby goes to their house to get the things. Carson's supposed to be at poker, but he's slumped over like drunk on the counter. There's like a bottle of whiskey and he's just like asleep on the counter. And she's like, Carson, she pulls him up and she sees he's been stabbed in the stomach. Oh, boy. So she calls the police and then we see that a figure is leaving the house. Okay, there's a lot. There's so much happening at this point where we've like really ramped up. She thinks or she's calling the police, but she's also maybe going to touch the knife 40 times. She touched the knife so many times. (laughs) Maybe. And I was like, oh, this this is where it was like obvious, like. 
They're going to say her prints are on the knife. But I'm like, she can't be that stupid. But she does. She goes, I don't. What should I? Should I grab the knife? Should I touch the knife? No, she like tries to take the knife out, which like I. I mean, I know Carson sucks, but I don't think you're supposed to do that. No. So the cops come. Gabby gets processed. Like they're they're taking like fingerprints and she has blood on her, literal blood on mm-hmm. her hands. And then Detective Blackston is there and he tells her Combined that Carson, him. Yeah. Combined it he that tells her <laughs> that Carson died on his way to the hospital. And <sighs> she's like, oh dear. And then he says, step away from the car and they arrest Gabby for his murder. You're under arrest, Gabby. Which is, like you said, maybe don't touch the murder weapon a hundred times <laughs> and have blood on you. And everyone knows you hated this man. Yeah. So she's like, no, 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 no. I couldn't have done this. Call Brooke. Brooke will clear all of this up. He gave her a black eye and she was staying with me and I was just here to get stuff. And just listen to this. Did you call her? Yeah, we did. She said last night you showed up on our doorstep at three o'clock in the morning and you physically assaulted Carson as you walked inside the house. No, I... And once inside, you proceeded to have an altercation with him. Watch your head. That is not what happened. That's a lie. Gabrielle, did you go over to the house last night? Yes. And did he threaten to call the police? Yes, but that's not what... Dun, dun. Brooke is bad. Brooke framed her. You caught that, right? Yes. (laughs) Wait, caught what? That Brooke framed her? Yeah. To be honest, I didn't know yet. Maybe I was watching TikTok at this point for a second, (laughs) just for like a quick second. And again, which made for a better film because of the reveal. Okay. All right. We're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. Okay. So Gabby is being questioned without her lawyer, a big no-no. And she's like, I'm rich. I know my lawyer's supposed to be here. And so Detective Blackstone, he just is the one talking. They say they think she was involved with Parker's death because they found a box cutter in the water. And there were two tickets purchased, two Cayman Islands, one in her name and one in Alexa's name for tomorrow. And Uh then they think she killed Carson and Parker for the insurance money. She blurts out that Parker isn't dead and that she thinks he faked his death. And Blackston's like, I got to get out of here. And then he yeah, goes, and there is, nuts, a, lady. there is a two-way mirror. Double-way mirror. Double-way double way mirror. And Sugar Plum is like, this case is wild. Yeah, you think this is true? You think he's actually dead? I love, I love a cop's buddy who is like... I think you need to take a closer look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially especially if it's a Filipina gal. You know, yeah. that's like a fun extra little. The smart person is always Filipino in films. Oh, okay. Awesome. Okay, so Gabby is out on bail. As I said, she's rich. And and also, thank you for all the messages that you guys sent explaining the bail process to Naomi and I. We've got really some, like, really intense lawyers. CJ, if I ever get it arrested, I need you to go on my Instagram account and say, dear lifetime listeners, Megan is in jail and I will be out within 30 minutes. I guarantee it. You you don't trust me, but you trust all the listeners to get you out of jail. No, I need you to go to the lifetime listeners. Do not try and do anything. I guess you could call my brother. He is a lawyer. He is such a lawyer that when I asked both of my brothers to come on the show, he legally said that he would not come on the show. (laughs) 
Smart. I said, what time? Okay, so Gabby is out on bail. She goes to see Grandma Karen, who has now had both of her sons die, which is devastating. Karen opens the door and is like, bye, bitch. I never want to see you again. Also, I've called Child Protective Services and Alexa is in my care. Alexa comes yeah. down the stairs and is like, mom, no. And then the door slams in her face. And at this, I'm just like really feeling for Gabby because like Carson being dead, not a massive loss to the world. I think we can all uh. agree. Parker isn't actually dead, staged his own death. She didn't want the money, but she's now lost her daughter and might go to jail. So it's like, oh, okay, well, this is bad, actually. (laughs) So Gabby goes to the crime scene, Carson and Brooke's house, and it's like, why are you going there? And she wants to talk to Brooke. And Brooke blames her for both deaths in front of the detective and points out that Gabby now owns the company, which gives her motive. And she's getting a restraining order. Brooke, shut up. Well thought plan. Very well. I mean, she got her there. Okay. So Gabby finally comes clean to Detective Blackstone, Blackston, about the guy who pushed her down the stairs. And she lays out her entire theory about Parker. And he does listen to her, but he's like, I don't know about this. Something's not right. Then... We see Gabby. She's at home eating pizza, sorting through files again. And I love that this is her hobby now. She goes, I I grab a za and I look through my fake dead husband's files. That's great. I'm going to order a za. We should order some za and look through some files some night. Absolutely. I do have some files we could look. Look, I've got like a a file folder right here. I think these are all of, um, oh, these are all my, oh, these are all my files. Yeah, we can look through these. All right. Get some za. Look through some files. I'll eat the za. You look through the files, actually. No, I don't. I was only in it for the za. Okay, then we see the detective. He's looking for evidence, too. No za, though. And I'm getting closer and closer to thinking that they are going to romantically wind up together at the end of this movie. Because, like, he is believing her, even though he has really no reason to. And then now they're, like, working on the case together, and they do have sexual chemistry. Did you think they had chemistry okay yes but i was like no piece of media has the audacity to do this Mm, okay so gabby it's nighttime again she goes to carson and parker's office building and she the reason she's there she wants more files because gabby can't get more pizza unless she gets more files so she's like i need pizza you know what i gotta do i gotta go get more files and so she finds the more files and she finds a file that's labeled real estate holdings and it says that they own real estate in where san francisco which like I know she wants this to be a smoking gun, but it's like San Francisco is notoriously has the most expensive, so expensive. real estate in the country. So expensive. That, that it's like, that's also just sort of like a business move. Go somewhere else. Unfortunately, building security saw Gabby come into the building. They called the cops. And then who shows up? Sugar Plum and Blackston. Mm-hmm. But Gabby's able to get away. So they like get to the office. They see she took the files so she could go get more pizza. And he's like, dang it, I need more pizza. But she's gotten away. So meanwhile, the cops have gotten the analysis back on the life jacket. And the CSI, there's a lot of CSI in this, which I did like, because I used to love the show CSI, all of the iterations. Mm-hmm. Actually, I didn't like CSI New York, but I liked Miami and I liked the OG Vegas. Hawaii? No, I think that's Hawaii 5 
Was there CSI Hawaii? I feel like there was. Maybe not. <laughs> I think so. That's the other podcast I do. <laughs> the analysis of the life jacket says that it was deliberately slashed and it was done by a right-handed man while it was being worn, i.e. that SOB Parker. Yep. This is a piece of information I gave up an hour ago. Yes, thank you. So at this point, the detectives are finally like, well, I guess she was right. So they go to Carson's to arrest Brooke, and Brooke is nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. And I guess they're going to arrest Brooke because that's what Gabby said. But it's like Parker is the one who staged his death. But whatever. But they're like, oh, Brooke must have killed Carson because Gabby laid out the entire the entire crime for us, which is what, like, that's the number one most most common thing in the Lifetime movie is detectives saying no. Well, I was going to say everyone in these films overreact without any other information. Yes. They go, oh. No. Yep, you did. Yeah, it's like, well, hear me out. It's like, mm, I will not. I've decided. I've yes. decided. Absolutely. There, You cannot rationalize with a Lifetime character. Right, exactly. Okay, so then we see Gabby. She's driving to San Francisco. How do you know? Because she goes over the Golden Gate Bridge, and I say, get his ass. And at this point, I'm starting to be like, this is the film Double Jeopardy. Like, it's it has a lot of parallels to it that I'm like, track his ass down and make him pay. So she's going to find her rotten husband. She has all of the addresses that he owned there. Luckily, there's only four. She visits the first three, crosses them off, nothing going on there. And then she goes to a car lot. And now I'm starting to get very nervous because it's transitioned from double jeopardy into making a murderer. I don't know. I don't know that. You don't know making a murderer? No. It's just really... i never seen it. I have seen Ferris Bueller stay off okay. 800 times. Okay. Well, when we get to the Chicago suburbs part of this film, that will be useful. So she's looking around the, the car lot. And then what does she hear? Baseball on a radio. Crack. Yep. So when you hear baseball on a radio, you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to find a nice old man sitting enjoying her retirement. But instead, she finds her cheating no good P.O.S. Supposed to be dead husband Parker sitting in a garage watching who even is his team. Portland doesn't have a team. Is he a Mets fan? Is he a Dodgers fan? All we know, he likes baseball. Well, I mean, again, another part of this film that mirrors our life. What have I, my new love? I mean, you're my forever love. Mm-hmm. A new hobby of mine is listening to Lakers games on the radio. Sports radio, love sports radio. Sports radio. So, and and I go, oh, this guy faked his death to listen to sports radio <laughs> in a shed. Sounds good. It doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> Something you all should know who don't listen to sports radio: it's the most unhinged men that call in. Yes. Like, it, it, if you want to say you, they overreact, they are lifetime actors. Like it is like, yeah, we gotta fire everybody, and it's like, no, they're so irrational. They're so reactive. They're all hiding in a closet, in a garage, in a shed, in their yes. car. Because their partner does not want to, their partner doesn't want to hear them, you know, overreacting to regular season sports. Okay. So she asks him, what the hell is going on? And he's like, you got to get out of here. You can't be here. And then Brooke comes <laughs> in and hits Gabby over the head with a pipe. Oh. Now, at Crazy. this moment, did you know Brooke was bad? Yes, but I was more assuming like, Gabby, you've been thrown off the stairs. You've been hit in the head with a pipe. Just take your L's and get out of there. What are you doing? She is a survivor. She's a lifetime queen. So 
Gabby is unconscious on the couch. Brooke accuses Parker of not <laughs> trusting her while Gabby's just laying there knocked out. So Brooke and Parker were in on this together. They did put the fake death plan into action, and it was to get the money so they could run away together to the Caymans. So I guess, like, I'm like, were those were those airline tickets supposed to, like, was Brooke going to pretend to be Lexi? I don't know. But now Parker is mad that Brooke killed Carson. That was never part of the plan. And he's like, come on, let's just forget the money. Let's run away together. And then we can start over with a new life. A new and we, life. And we can just like get jobs and be normal. And when he says jobs, Brooke is so disgusted. Like it is, we, this woman killed her own husband and she is more mm. disgusted at the suggestion that she get a day job in the Cayman Islands. And I just thought that was really a hilarious reaction to that. No, I mean, she's classic like, biatch sorry i don't know if you're allowed to say that you but can like, say biatch it's cleared and her like sassiness and it's like dog this is the person you want to do all this for and yeah. run away with come on man like she sucks. a hookup a little bit maybe but like no man run away i don't think he should have cheated on gabby i'm very against that no but, absolutely not but, but if he didn't have gabby and lexi and he wanted to have an affair with his mean brother's wife, I'm fully in support of that. It's just, you can't fake your own death and, you know, frame your wife for it. Okay, so then Gabby basically is like starting to come to and Parker is just not able to kill her. And Brooke is like, give me the gun then. And so she raises the gun multiple times to kill her. Gabby fully comes to and asks how long they've been together. And it's like, well, I don't know if that's the question right before you're about to get shot. Her behavior is like, all right, well, how long has this been going on? Listen, let me know the tea before you kill me. Meanwhile, we see out in the car lot, Travis. Trav. Parker's twin. He's stalking around like a creep. And he's got a handkerchief and a gun. And that's a deadly combo. So then Gabby starts roasting Parker. Please tell me you did this for a better reason than to be with a younger woman. You didn't fake your death and left Lexa for Brooke. And it is so funny and so scathing. And it's exactly what you just said. Like, you... <laughs> committed 75 crimes so you could be with annoying Brooke who doesn't yeah, even seem yeah. to like you enough to get a job at a Starbucks. And then he's like, I feel young with Brooke. And it's like, Parker, you look 40. I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> okay. So Brooke comes back and she is so proud of herself that she's like, yeah, I got your man. And then mm -hmm. Travis comes in and they all get freaked out. Brooke is freaked. Parker's freaked. This, like, Travis is not part of their crew. No. Travis points the gun at Brooke and Parker and tells Parker to transfer all the money to him or he'll kill them both. He says, yeah. give me that $5 million. And Parker's like, oh, I need new bomber jackets. Yes, I need new bomber jackets. I gotta go <laughs> to an outlet mall sale. Yeah. And and then it is then it is revealed that Travis works for the mob. And I... And nope, I'm not buying that. Travis is not Italian. Travis is not Irish. Travis looks like an improv teacher. Like, it is not mm. who you would hire to be the muscle of a mobster. Yeah, and no slight to the actor if he is an improv teacher. Absolutely not. You look like a great improv teacher. Who books? Yeah, absolutely. So Parker transfers the 
$5 million of Cayman money <laughs> to Travis. And then Brooke walks over and kisses Travis. She was double-crossing Parker. They check. Brooke and Travis have the money. And they have basically been together before she was with Parker, before she was with Carson. Travis and Brooke have been together like since they were teens and did this entire thing, which only makes Parker <laughs> pulling off this plan that much funnier and stupid. So Travis points the gun at Gabby and then Parker pulls out his own gun and he shoots Travis, which I'm like, why didn't you do that before? And then Brooke tries to be like, oh, Parker, thank you. I didn't want to be with Travis. Like, she tries to pretend that she didn't like Travis. And it's like, Brooke, girl, you are so messy. One last shot, you know? Men are stupid. That might have worked. Then the three of them just start bickering. Like, true sister-in-law, brother-in-law. Like, no, you should kill him. No, you should kill him. Like, it, it actually kind of was like a very funny reaction to a man just being killed in front of them. Like, they're like, no, kill him. No, kill him. And then Detective Blackstone, he's in the car lot now, and he calls her, I'm going to need backup here. So Brooke picks up the gun and shoots Parker in the stomach. And then she goes to shoot Gabby. But Gabby, she's a survivor. Like I said, she's a lifetime queen. So she fights back. Mm -hmm. She is able to wrestle the gun away from Biatch Brooke. And holds the gun on Brooke like, bitch, oh my you gosh. took my husband, you took my Cayman vacation, and now I'm going to shoot your ass dead. Detective Blackstone wow. comes in right then, and he's like, Gabby, don't shoot her. And it works. He convinces her, and Gabby says, <laughs> you're right. She's not worth it. <gasps> they handcuff Brooke, and they lead that biatch away. Oh my gosh. I was just thinking, like... We should just publish this this video without me in it, and it's just you acting out this movie and sell by it myself as a, one, as a one woman show. <laughs> that was that was incredible. Oh, you that think I did like, a good job? Yeah, as Brooke there. Yeah, thank you. Well, usually, honestly, I get so like confused with the logistics that happen because there's, I mean, like there's been how many guns were there there's like kill this person no kill there's just like a lot and it's always like this well that's the end of reservoir dogs is they all point the guns at each other naomi usually handles this part so i'm feeling mm. especially proud that i was able to do it in front of Great you job. and and Great I job. Do, and i do not feel betrayed by my husband okay so it's sometime later they don't tell us how long but gabby returns to her house and lexa is there she runs to her they hug Grandma Karen watches and is like, I, well, she doesn't say sorry, but she, <laughs> but she ushers them inside. And you have to imagine she, she had some files and some pizza waiting for her. Yeah. And I was like, listen, I'm a grandma and I'm a Karen at the same time. Okay. <laughs> so Lexa and Gabby, this is like the next day, are leaving to go kayaking, which it's uh, okay. And Detective Blackstone shows up. He thanks Gabby because in addition to like solving all of this, Travis was like the link to bringing down a bunch of mobsters. And so they were mm -hmm. able to like shut down an entire portion of the mob. So that's huge. He says Parker is in jail for a bit and that Brooke is going away for a long time. And then she thanks him for believing in her. And then CJ, what uh, happens? I'm trying to, you know, and he's like, oh, wait, this is the, the line was like, is that uh, where beginners would go? You, you yep. sly dog. He's silver fox. Yeah, he kayaking, he kayaking negs her. And then he's like, you think you could find me a kayaking coach? And she's like, 
get out of here. Someone. And that's <gasps> and that's the sequel. Didn't that, I tell you the sequel? Didn't I tell you? He fakes his own death. <laughs> yes, yes. Crime-solving, kayaking, silver fox, detective Blackstone. And then we see Lexi, Lexa, Lexi, and Gabby kayak into the sunset. The end of our film. Not the sunset, just like an overcast. I know, I know. <laughs> the end of our film. Wow. That was incredible. You loved it? Incredible retelling, beat by beat, like... I'm really proud of you. It's like, this is like bring your, bring your husband yeah. to work day. And I just want to say cheers to you. <laughs> I know that the, the movie was originally called Swept Away, in which I was swept away in your yeah. description. Swept off your feet. A lot of times, Naomi and I like to do uh, something called real hero, real villain, mm-hmm. where we'll pick, like, obviously, Brooke is the villain of this, but, you know, there's also Travis. Um, for me, I think another villain is Carson. I, like... No one is sad he's dead, even his own mother. Do you have any other real heroes or real villains? Um, what's her What's her name? Um, uh, Donna? Detective Donna? Yeah, Detective Zero Criticism. I'm a fan of her. Okay. I'm going to watch her other work, okay. which I have. I do have to say that Alexa is probably the best teen daughter we've ever seen right, uh, right, right, in, right. in any of our recaps. Because a lot of time... That but that's she she's not like no mom you killed dad or like no I don't want to go to school like she's just supporting her mom believes in her mom and it heated up a lasagna like she really is such a good teen girl that it's like not realistic so kudos to Alexa thank you for all you're you're really representing an unrealistic version of teen girls but it was refreshing to see. Next week, I'll be joined by yet another special guest. Hallie Kiefer, comedian and host of the hilarious podcast Ruined, will be stepping in for Naomi as we cover the lifetime thriller Revenge Porn. 18-year-old Peyton Harris's life is turned upside down when private photos of her are posted to the revenge porn site xmyx.com. To protect her daughter at all costs, Peyton's mother launches her own full-scale investigation to restore her daughter's reputation and plan the ultimate takedown. Whew. Thank you so much for joining me, my husband who did not betray me I and not I betray. will never betray me. Uh-uh. Did not betray me, will not betray me. We will not be going kayaking. Any final thoughts? No, I was I was so thrilled to be uh invited to do the podcast i love how hard you guys work detailing like truly i said i said it as a joke but like all the notes that i was given and i enjoyed this film and i think you guys are doing great work wow oh i love compliments to end the podcast thank you so much and on that note we will see you next week bye i love a lifetime movie if you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. And wait, there's more. Check out the new bomb Lifetime podcast, Crime of a Lifetime, where two amazing hosts take you beyond the headlines of a crime and they get into the nitty gritty twists and turns of the story. Mm. That's my jam. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. 
I Love a Lifetime movie is produced by Aisha Jordan. With sound editing and mixing by the Podglomerate. Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. You should know that by now if you've gotten to this point. You should know that we're the host, okay? <laughs> I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. Copyright 2023 a Television Networks, LLC. All rights reserved. <laughs> even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.